Welcome to our Sunday morning segment of the Grace Chapel podcast. If you would like more information about Grace Chapel, visit their website, gracechapel.org.au. There you can find more materials in growing your identity in Christ. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I needed a haircut. So I went into the shop where I usually get my hair cut. And when you go in, you don't know who's going to cut your hair. So you sit down and you wait and they eventually call you up and say, it's your turn. And in uh, this day, a lady that I'd met before, who'd cut my hair before, and we'd had a little chat before, uh, she cut my hair this time and she was an Asian lady and, uh, uh, and uh, the other lady in the shop that was working there, she was a real Aussie, you know, and uh, my Asian friend, she uh, was trying to work out the meaning of a word because she's still learning a bit about English and... Uh, a uh, friend, the other lady in the shop, she used this word a lot, and uh, so she was she couldn't really pronounce it that well. But after a bit of trying, we actually worked it out, and the word was bludger. Oh. <laughs> and she wanted to know what does the word bludger mean. So. I explained to her, oh, well, that's, that's a person who expects everything to come to them without them having to work for it at all. Oh, she says. And, of course, the other lady, she uses this, this word all the time. So it's bludger this and bludger that, you know. So that's why she was wanting to know what it really meant. <laughs> and, uh, and, and during our haircut, we have this little chat and we find out about each other and she was telling me that she'd come from Vietnam as a, um, as a young teenager and, uh, and of course and then after I got home I was thinking about it you know um, imagine coming from another country entirely different language different culture uh, just different behaviour patterns, all sorts of things. And I think she'd probably been, she didn't actually talk to me about um, the troubles that they had in Vietnam, but I presume that she was affected by that as well. We hadn't got to that conversation just yet. And I was thinking about it, you know. Um, and it's a bit the same when we become a Christian, you know, because we are like going to a different country. Uh, we have a new king who's quite different. Our culture, the culture of being a Christian is very different to the culture of being a part of the world. And so um, we have to learn what it is <coughs> to be a follower of the new king, the new king, Jesus. Now, the thing is, 
The old life is still there, a part of us, and the new life hasn't quite yet taken over, has it? And so there's, it's a battle going on between these two things that are happening in our life. And it's, it's like two unhappy dogs fighting with one another. You know, scream and bites and yells and that's the sort of battle that goes on inside of many of us in our lives. And, uh, and so there needs to come to a point of resolution. Only one can be in charge. Only one can be king in our lives. There cannot be two uh, in this uh, thing that goes on. So we have to decide who's in charge, who's king, you know, in our lives. So uh, that's what has to happen in our lives. Now, this morning, I wanted to just talk about how we can do this Christian life a bit better, you know, if we can find little things that can help us in this Christian life. And, uh, and I, I remember this story. Uh, this sailing ship, this is a long time ago when there were sailing ships, and it was going from England to China, and it came around and it, and it came close to the shore in New Guinea. And, uh, and it was heading towards some reefs that were on near the shore. And on the shore, there were all the natives, uh, New Guinea natives. And New Guinea natives at that time were largely cannibals. They ate people. And they and the ship was in a uh, was in a current that was heading towards and there was no wind blowing. And so uh, this young man came up on deck and he was the captain. He was really very worried uh, about this situation because in those days, ships didn't have an engine that you could just push on and off we go, you know. They were depending on the wind. So uh, the captain said, oh dear, this is really not good. And he said, we've done everything that we can do to fix the problem. But the young man, he was only 21, said to the captain, no, we haven't done everything. There's four of us Christians here on board this ship and we're going to go down to our cabin and start praying about this situation. So they did. They went down into their cabin and they prayed. And after a time, this young man came up again and the captain had gone back down into his cabin and the first mate was on the ship and he was not a very godly man and, and this young man said to him, you better just let the sails down, ready for the wind. And this fellow said, what? Why? Oh, we've been praying. Oh, carry on, you know. I think we'd get that sort of reaction today, wouldn't we? If we said something like the same thing. And, uh, uh, and then there was a bit of a puff of 
breeze, but this young man was very confident and he repeated that message to the first mate again and the first mate said, okay, we'll do it. And within a short time, the wind came and moved them away from uh, this dangerous spot in New Guinea. And they arrived safely uh, in China. And uh, afterwards, this is what he said about the... This is in his own words. This is what he said. Thus God encouraged me ere landing on China's shores to bring every variety of need to him in prayer and to expect that he would honour the name of the Lord Jesus and give the help which each emergency required. He'd learnt uh, about that. So who was this young fella? 21. He was very confident for his age. Uh, where did he come from? Well, it turned out that his name was Hudson Taylor and his parents were Christians, uh, godly people. I think his father was a chemist and his mother was a prayer. She trusted God and she had a verse that she um, thought was uh, really <coughs> very important and she, it was a sort of a basis upon which she relied in her life. And the verse says this, You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, before Hudson was born, his mum had dedicated this young man to, uh, to God and even had prayed about him being a missionary to China. And when he was 17, by the age of 17, he had uh, got that way that he was um, sceptical and worldly interests had come into his life and uh, he was turning away against God. But one day he went uh, to his dad's library to look for something interesting to read because you didn't have TV, you didn't have uh, phones or anything like that in that time. Uh, so he went down and he found... He looked for a tract and he got a tract and he thought, well, usually you get a nice good story at the start and then a Christian sort of message at the end. Well, I'll read the good story, but I won't worry about the other bit. Uh, and uh, so that's what he did. However, his mum was away from home at the time. She was about 80 miles away and uh, uh, she was staying with someone and God showed her that there was something happening. And so she went to her room and locked the door and went in to prayer. She prayed for her son for hour upon hour until eventually she came to a place of peace because she believed that God had done already done 
a work in her son's life and that everything was changed. Well, Hudson read the uh, read this tract and then he got into the next bit, surprisingly, and in it it talked about with Christ everything is uh, under his charge in the world and everything is uh, can be sorted out through him alone. And uh, you see, his problem was that he didn't feel that he could be saved because he knew his heart and how bad it was and he thought there was no hope of God ever uh, dealing and coming near to him in his life. But with this passage that he read, it says that Christ has completed all things. So we can trust God with everything in our life. Not just a little bit, but everything that is. Uh, we can trust him with all the stuff that happens uh, in our lives. And so this big decision had made. Now, it was a couple of weeks before his mum was due back home again and uh, he didn't tell anyone about what had happened except his sister. And when his mum turned up a couple of weeks later and he met her at the door, there was this great big hug and uh, he said, well, I've got something to tell you, mum. And she said, well, you don't have to tell me anything because I know already what's happened. And, uh, uh, and he said, what, my sister's told you? No, God has told me about this thing that's happened in your life. And, uh, so, uh, and so they had this great embrace that he remembered all his life because of the unity that had come back uh, into their lives. And just a little while later, uh, this was when he was 18 years old, it happened. And just a little while later, he, he felt that God was calling him to go to China as a missionary. Now, the thing was, uh, when you are set, you've got a course, and the thing is, you need to prepare for it. And he decided he had to be serious about this because China was a very difficult place. Uh, and there was lots of really bad stuff happening in China and they need, needed people to tell them about the good news about Jesus. So, uh, so he uh, decided that he'd have to prepare because it was going to be a tough journey, a tough life for him. And he was quite correct. Uh, the first job was to get rid of his nice soft mattress and get a nice hard one because that's what would be required in China. Uh, so that's what happened. Off with the soft mattress, in with the hard one and then he decided that he'd have to study and get ready for this thing. So he was able to get a, a Chinese translation of the book of Luke and so that way he was able to start learning uh, the Mandarin language in China and then 
uh, he started to learn some other languages, Greek and Latin uh, and Hebrew. And also he realised that there was huge health issues in China, so he needed to uh, get some education with um, uh, medical expertise. So he actually got a job with a doctor working, uh, helping him uh, so he could learn. And a part of that was that the doctor would pay him once a quarter. So once every three months he'd get paid for his time and labours working for the doctor. That's a bit different to these days, I think, isn't it? Uh, if you were getting paid once every three months, there'd be quite a bit of um, uh, working out. How long, how much can I spend each week and how much, all of that sort of stuff. So, and a part of that, the doctor told him, uh, now when it's due every three months, you come and tell me uh, and uh, I'll fix it up for you. Uh, but see, he was learning about his mum's way of looking at things, that you could trust God for everything in your life. So he uh, decided, no, he, the first three months he did actually go to the doctor and tell him that it was due and everything was okay. He was a, a very um, good man, the doctor. And... Uh, but then he decided that in future he wouldn't tell the doctor when his uh, stipend was due. So uh, it was getting close to when the next one was due and he now was going out and uh, uh, helping people and praying for people and he came across this family uh, because in England at that time there was lots of people that were struggling, didn't have enough money, all that sort of stuff. So he went out and um, uh, this man caught hold of him and said, can you come and pray for my wife because she's dying? So he went up into the room to pray for his wife and, uh, and there was four or five children in the room and they were obviously very poorly nourished. There was hardly any uh, food in the house. And he had one coin, quite a big coin, I think, worth quite a bit of money in his pocket left. And he wasn't due for his money just yet. And uh, when he started to think, well, now, um, you see, this was a part of the test about how was he going to react as a new Christian. Uh, and he thought, well, I can't. If I had 20 cents left, I could give her, them that, but I haven't. I've just got this big coin in there. Uh, and uh, so he thought, well, I can pray. I can pray that um, God will bless them and there'll be healing and all that sort of stuff. But then God spoke into his head, you see, and said, you're a bit of a hypocrite, aren't you? You know, you've got money in your pocket that you can give 
to this family that obviously have huge needs. And, uh, and then he thought, yeah. And it's a question of whether I trust God or do I trust in the money that's in my pocket. And so after he'd finished praying, he handed this coin over uh, to, to this family and, uh, and actually the kids and everyone did survive and did do okay. And this was a Saturday evening uh, and uh, a very unusual thing happened because, you see, he realised if he went to China... He'd have to depend on God for everything, you know, for the money, for uh, safety, for food, for just absolutely everything. And so this was a part of his training system, you see. So Monday morning came and the postman turned up early and knocked on the door. There was a letter and it was for him. And he got an envelope, opened it up, and there was a plain piece of paper with nothing on it and uh, one, a fairly high, I'm not sure what the coins were in that day, but a quite a high coin, much higher than the one he'd given away just a few hours before. And so he realised that he could trust God and this was a part of the process of him learning to trust God um, <coughs> in, in his new life as he prepared to be a missionary. This is an 18-year-old, you see. And so uh, he began this process of actually learning and trusting God in his life. Uh, and uh, he did get to China, as we heard before, and he started the work there, and it was every bit as hard and uh, challenging and I could speak to you probably for the next hour or so on just what the, some of the things that happened but I'm not going to do that uh, I'm just going to say that he had some terrible things happened he saw some things he got married and he had a daughter uh, and she was the delight of their life and uh, when she was eight years old she got sick and she died in China and then a little while later his first wife died as well uh, and they had to trust God for the finances uh, and he learnt this uh, thing uh, about prayer and this is what it says he, and it says uh, he talked about to move men through God by prayer alone, not trusting in anything else, but just trusting God to provide your needs, and not just for money, but for everything in our lives. You know, for uh, our friends, for our situation, for all the different many, many things that happen uh, in our life, that we can trust God in every little thing that happens uh, in our lives and he had many of them that um, he had to go through. Uh, 
And uh, of course, you remember what happened to the children of Israel. They, God was able to bring them out of slavery, out of Egypt, and then they were out wandering around in the desert for a year. And there was a thing that happened over and over and over again. And uh, I'm just going to read one of them. And this is from Exodus chapter 17 and reading from verse 1. And it says this, Eventually they camped at Raphidim, but there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more the people complained against Moses, Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children and our livestock, with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Walk out in front of the people, take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call upon the leaders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you uh, on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. These people had troubles trusting God too uh, when they came out of Israel. Now, as uh, the mission grew and Hudson Taylor was able to bring other missionaries and many, many hundreds of missionaries went to China, uh, from England and from all over the world, even from Australia. And I knew one of them. Uh, and there they shared the good news about Jesus. Uh, and they went through all sorts of trouble. Many of them died uh, through diseases or all kinds of things happened to them. Uh, but they trusted God. Now, when Hudson Taylor went back to England and, and he went around to and people wanted to hear about what was happening in China, uh, and there were great crowds of people, when they had these uh, events, one thing he would, they would talk about the work, but there was never an offering in any of their events because he had learnt that you must trust God alone. Ask him for the things that are in your life. Don't, don't use all the fancy things that you can do. Just talk to him about your needs and let him uh, speak into your heart and into your life. Let him do the work that he would like to do in you and through you. So, when he's got a task for you, throw your heart into it. Get prepared and do the work. And the other question is, how big is, is your God? You know, 
How much money do you think has he got in his vaults in heaven? Do you think there's any there at all? Or do we have to really, you know, is he a heavenly father who is very reluctant to be generous to us? Is he that sort of a person? Well, I think the scriptures show us that he's eager to help and to provide for our needs and that he's concerned for each one of us. He cares about each of us. He knows about every hair in our head, even if they're getting a bit thin. Uh, he knows about them all, and he trusts and he wants to uh, bring great things. And actually, God did do tremendous things through Hudson Taylor. Uh, and today, the church in China, we don't get told about this, but... Today, the church in China is somewhere between 150 million to 200 million in that range. So that's many, many, many times more than the whole population of Australia are Christians in China. And to be a Christian in China is not easy at all. There's a lot of persecution, there's a lot of difficulties. And some of those people, those Christians, are here in Australia. They've come and they, they have fantastic, there's some fantastic Christians in this country who are from, from China, who are Chinese people. <coughs> so we're, we're being blessed ourselves as a re result of this work that went on all those years ago. Uh, so the heritage from Hudson Taylor and many others like him is just huge. Uh, so the message for this morning is about prayer. And there's another Christian uh, who has said these things, a fellow called Oswald Chambers. Prayer is the vital breath of the Christian, not the thing that makes him alive, but the evidence that he is alive. To be a Christian is that... We are praying people. If we're not praying, then the first part of the equation is not quite right because we're not trusting him, you see. To be a Christian is to trust Jesus for every part of our lives and want him in every part. Uh, and the world will conflict with that. The world says, the world is enough. You know, we can do everything for you. No. Our Heavenly Father can do everything for us, but the world cannot and will not because the world is actually very self-centred and looking after itself. But God isn't like that. He is a God of grace and mercy and comfort and support and he wants to bring good things into our hearts and into our lives. There's a verse in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, that says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds 
as you live in Christ Jesus. Remember at the start we talked about uh, the lady that I met and I talked about how when we come to Christ we're in a new uh, we're in a new we're like in a new country. It's a new culture. Following Jesus is a new way of living. And the only way to live in this culture is to trust our Heavenly Father and ask him to help us in every part of our lives. Let's just pray and ask him to do that this morning. Lord, in our room this morning, I'm sure there's many different people with all sorts of issues going on in their lives. And so we bring these matters to you, Lord, and we ask for your grace and help today that we might function well in your kingdom. And we pray these things in the amazing name of Jesus now. Amen. Please tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message from Grace Chapel. Bye for now.